Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Never End Podcast, the podcast open to everyone except Australia. Come on, man. What are you doing? My name is Luke. I'm your host of the Never End Podcast, and with me, as always, is Mr. Guy. Say hello, Mr. Guy. Hello, Mr. Guy. I... Not even, I can't even do my regular, like, intro without asking, what the hell did Australia do? Oh, you know, we, we had held a referendum for our constitution. We had to vote on that, uh, you know, could have done stuff to benefit Indigenous Australians, and we voted. <gasps> All right. No. Yeah. Well, why would you want to help people? I mean, I want I want my taxes to go to bombs, not helping people, right? Yeah, yeah. Fucking. Yeah, you get the gist, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that gives you, speaking of the gist, that gives folks the gist of what this episode of Never Realm will be like. We will talk about New Japan. We're going to sprinkle it throughout the episode. Yes, we are. And uh, I don't have to be professional, which is, uh, which feels really good. So I won't be. <laughs> hey. Geez. And I will say it has been. A bit of a gap between Never Realms, and between the last Never Realm and this one, I have gone from season one of the Yellow Murders all the way up to the second last episode of season four of Yellow Murders. Uh, the only reason we've kind of slowed ish our pace down is so you know by the time we, we're all caught up, the new episodes have started and we don't have to fucking like you know wait a long time because yeah this show is bonkers and amazing and i know you could say it and then my dad said it like hey, yeah but the spin-offs why don't you fucking just uh, tie yourself over with those I'm like fuck you well those are oh, good I, you don't like that i know they're good they're, they're, yeah they're, they're like actually good television te- shows that are, tell tremendous stories and are like uh, amazing they are just I'm pieces so- of shit like yellow stars <laughs> dude this show like season two introduced the mega cheese and that kind of hasn't let up but it's grown a heart in some ways and i'll tell you what like i I, but i love this what this show's done it's gonna sound weird but what i love what this show's done is like most tv shows will show dudes with scars and those dudes with scars will be like suddenly look cooler and more attractive and all this kind of stuff i'm telling you man beth's got a scar on her face and her back's burned, half her back's burnt, burnt the fuck off. And I'm like, God damn, Beth is one of the most attractive women on the TV. And yeah. she gets even hotter and cooler, even though I never want to be in the same room with her ever in my whole life. Because I know exactly what she'll say. She'll call me a p- pussy. She'll break me in five seconds. And I'll run one screaming. I'll be one of those characters, Mr. Andy. That's that's me in Yellowstone. Yeah. Then I get taken for a ride on the train station. Yeah, you don't want to fuck with Beth. You will definitely no. take a ride directly on the train station. Although she doesn't know what that is, she claims. But uh, <laughs> just like fuck you, Beth. Come on. So I, I have a question for you. I have two questions. One is, what's your favorite part so far? And I guess the other question would be, you know, please respond to how Beth got her scars because to me that's my favorite part of the entire show. Uh, All right. Duttons are Duttons are invincible, and I I am going to tell you why when you answer my question. So. All right. So, you kind of mentioned some of my favorite shit. It's the end of season three, and it's not just my favorite because 
of of the main family members having their fucking stuff fall apart, like the explosion with Beth, like uh, Casey. Fucking spoilers for Yellow Murders, by the way. We're drunk and stoned. We should have said that earlier. Uh, he's stoned. It's legal for him. I'm totally not that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so we're going to spoil some stuff. We, oh, man. So Casey's in a shootout. Uh, Jamie's With fine who? because he's, a, he's garbage. Yeah, we don't know. And <laughs> and then, like, I feel like my favourite part of the series in terms of, like, just, like, sheer cool visuals and like oh yeah this is why i watch this this is my shit he's just seeing the bunkhouse and like that group of the people who had kind of joined the bunkhouse at that time like the guitar singing uh, guy that they that was supposed to go to the train station but didn't i've kind of grown to like him and yeah, so's awesome. lloyd so's floyd and i don't blame him and dude, that that story arc is kind of weird and kind of silly, but I like the resolution so much that I'm just like, I don't care, man. Like that, just get along. I just just do it, please. I want to get to those cool. barrel racers. That's man, what I want. Oh so. yeah, the barrel racers <laughs> are there. The the pretty blonde likes Lloyd, but then the guitarist guy comes back, and then it's like, oh man, it's all over. I'm sorry, like he's a magnet. Like it's it, you're done, man. And Lloyd Floyd, I can't remember which one it is. He doesn't take it very well. Oh man, I just like Jimmy. the resolution of that and how. It, but that part where there's the barrel racer girls, there's the Texan lady who I can't remember the name of, but she's fucking badass too. And uh, no one can understand what the fuck she's saying, <laughs> even though she sounds like all of them to anyone else. Like exactly to me, she sounds right. just like the rest. Of them, yeah, so. she doesn't sound too different. You were right. Yeah, no. absolutely right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but just that kind of scene with the montage. You've got uh, Casey's son and his missus kind of running from the house towards the bunkhouse, and then you've got this montage of all the guys from, and gals from the bunkhouse banding together to fucking like whoop crazy ass. And get their revenge. And then, like, not long after that, fucking Kip, uh, not Kip, Rip, is just like, hey, so you got your revenge. That's not free. And then they all bare their chests and stuff, and they get right, branded yeah. and stuff. And I'm just like, I, like, I'm the branding's questionable. It's fucking deeply questionable, dude. They're like, it's, it's <laughs> fucked up. Uh, Jimmy's barrel racer girlfriend was dead on with that, and Charity throughout the yeah. whole show has been like, I don't like that brand. So if, <laughs> like, and it's a very rational, normal, smart, reasonable explanation to have. But uh, I still found that moment quite touching and amazing. And then, yes, yeah, okay. so yeah. Beth got exploded by a bomb though, yeah. and she's fine. And I have the answer to why that is, because I had something fascinating happen to me over the past week about Cause she's the main character. Yellowstone um, related. No, I have the real answer. Luke. It's not plot. OK, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I have this like website that I go to. And if you Ooh. if you just re review like items, they give you free coupons. And sometimes they send me free coupons for the weirdest shit. And recently I got a free coupon for Yellowstone coffee. So nice. I was like, I ran directly to the store. Well, I rode my horse to the store. Yeehaw! 
Yes. And I was like, I was like, hey, you guys got that Dutton coffee because I got to start my day the Dutton way. And uh, <laughs> I, I would like to read to you the branding on the side of this, oh, uh, you know, pun intended, because this is why yeah. the Duttons are so badass is because they start every day the Dutton way. And it yeah, says man. on the side of this uh, box of, of fucking, um, you know, cake cups, by the way. <laughs> It's so funny. I'm sure they use a Keurig. Um, but uh, it says, life on the Dutton Ranch requires a fistful of grit and the spirit of a cowboy. Whether you're watching daybreak over Montana's big sky, defending what's worth protecting, that means murder, or just headed to the rodeo, this bold and smooth blend is your go-to for riding out everyday adventures and all of life's ups and downs. And that's what it says. And then there's a there like to make it coffee, like Yellowstone coffee related. There's a quote from Beth on the side, and it says, "Do I look like I need a cup of coffee?" <laughs> you know what I love about that scene? Like the woman drops the tray, and she's like, "It takes that much to rattle you. You're fired. Get out of here, you pussy." Oh my god, that like I, I love you, Beth, but. That's me in that show. I'm like one of the characters that just walks in, does something innocuous and normal, and she's just like, you're a little bitch, and uh, I run away crying. That's for sure. You know, I'm one of the drug dealers that they kill, like, randomly. So I don't think we've even talked about the scene where, like, <laughs> this legit happens in the show. Like, Casey just comes across a bunch of drug dealers and just murders them all on the side of the road. <laughs> that happens like Rats. early i think that's the second season and it's just like there we are rolling down the road oh my god those are mer those are like uh drug dealers let's kill them all <laughs> Yell yellowstone kind of has two speeds and those two speeds are we're building up to the murders and then non-stop murdering for like six episodes straight i'm like what the fuck yeah, they love to murder. I so like, you know, you're you're not. Up I feel to like they like it more than Game of Thrones, but yeah, I'm nearly uh, there. But it's very entertaining. That's the thing, but it's entertaining for completely different reasons. We've already intellectualized uh, Yellowstone before on this show, but it's like, it's just a bizarre, you know, fantasy show, um, and it's not presented that way. <laughs> That's why it's funny. It's presented as like this is gritty reality, and it's like this is not how life works so he's five like, minutes of legit cowboy stuff yeah like just to like ground it <laughs> i mean so. thanks i mean like cool and we're supposed to care because this is the guy that uh dutton sent out to like win him shit and i'm like oh yeah cool but and then oh, jimmy's yeah. with them too you know on, on his cowboy journey i'm like all right fucking cool this is just your excuse to go, here's Jimmy, he still exists, plus fucking five minutes of cowboy rodeo stuff. And I'm like, man, these episodes used to be between like an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. You know, now they're all about 50 to a minutes to an hour. And I'm just like, it's the cowboy shit. I mean, uh, they got to get the cowboy shit in. Very important. Eventually they, eventually they kind of won me over, and I'm just like, you know what, whatever. I'm I'm just going to watch this anyway. Just go for it. Just 
do the cowboy stuff. I'm here. Yeah. I'm already. I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm four seasons deep. You might as well add cowboy shit to it. Fine. So, um, Jimmy, like, um, what did you think when Jimmy just broke his neck? <laughs> Every time something nice happens for Jimmy, <laughs> Charity and I are just like, oh, he's only got one shoe on though. Here it is. Yep, there's the other one. It's just dropped. <laughs> And he's just met, like, this really cool uh, Texan chick. And, oh, I've got to go back because I'm a cowboy and I live the cowboy's life, I guess. And I have to go because I've got a brand on me and whatever. And it's really sad and, and cowboyish. And I don't know, man. Yeah, don't worry about Jimmy. Jimmy's, like, he's got, like, the monkey's paw lock but he's got like 50 monkey's paws, so he's fine. You know what I mean? He just can just grab another monkey's paw as soon as one doesn't work out, <laughs> you know, uh, and try it so again. Because... <laughs> I love how you say that. That's Jimmy's life. I wish for this. All right, you're going to get it. Plus, you know, your fucking back's broken. <laughs> I'm so going to do this. It... All right, cool, you can do that. But uh, now you're exiled and have to go to Texas and shit. So, yeah, well, all right, what, I get it. What is the show trying to say? And and here's my point is that all of the periphery characters around the Duttons just it's, they the Duttons ruin their fucking lives, you know. And, yeah, and it's so do. funny because the singer guy is like, I'm trying to get the fuck away from here. Like he's always he knows. Remember there was a uh, like a guy in maybe the first or second season, and it's a it's a guy who's like a day worker, and they're like, oh, you should come be on the rancher, and he's like, no. <laughs> You guys are fucking insane. And they're like, what oh, are you yeah. talking about? Remember that? That, that guy knew. Yeah, yeah. Knew the African-American gentleman. I, I recognized but, him because if you remember the X-Files, uh, X-Files, Mulder had a mole. And that mole was, I can't remember his name, but he was this like really old, old looking lame white dude. And he gets fucking executed. Anyway, he's next. Uh, guy who feeds him mufo and stuff is that same actor his name is mr x so uh if anyone remembers that from the x-files i don't know man like well so every character that gentleman has not aged at all like holy shit well all of them well you know black don't crack dude don't you know that yeah yeah they, uh, um it's awesome but anyway they uh i feel like that they <laughs> every character that is around the duttons just their their life gets ruined all the time by the Duttons. Oh, they can't damn. stay away. And Jimmy's one of those characters. And another one is Casey's wife. <laughs> I cannot wait till you see what happens to her in season five. And it's like, what? Why? It's like a five-year-old wrote this. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> I feel like almost every character in Yellowstone from season one to where I am, season four point. 99% has been incredibly consistent, even though, like, wild shit's happened. Like, I feel like the core of their characters has been consistent, except maybe for Casey's wife, who changes her mind all the time and wants different shit all the time and goes off on tangents all the time. And I'm like, wait, aren't you a uni professor now? Like, what's going on? Oh, you haven't been there for a fucking season and a half? Like, do you still go to fucking college? Like, what's going on there? Like, do you have a job now? 
What Drop what are they line. doing with this character? Like where where is she? What what's going on here, man? No. And what are they trying to say? Because it's like she's Native American. She wants to get back with her culture, but she has to deal with the Duttons. And the Dutton and the way the show's written, it's like John Dutton's right about everything. And that like, you know, she should come live with them and and you know, and and basically be his, you know, yet another uh, we won't call them, uh, we'll just call them an indentured servant to the Duttons. You know, that's kind of what, and, and, and it's funny because every time she chooses that, her life improves. Every time she resists it, someone gets murdered or something. <laughs> it's like, yeah. fuck, fuck you, Yellowstone. What are you trying to say? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's, they can't. Like, remember the lead? You know the leader of the Indian tribe? Like, yeah. Longwater, Longwater, Rain, Rainwater. Water. That guy's Rainwater, awesome. right. Sorry. I love him. He's amazing. And though one season, I might see him in every single fucking episode. And then another season, he's in it like half the time. Like, what's going on, man? Like, he's one of the, he's one of the best characters in the show. And sometimes I feel like they kind of cut him out a lot. Yeah, because, well, but. He starts off as the heel, and they're like, wait a second, you can't do that. <laughs> and he's not the heel, and then he is, and then he's not. Uh, he's not the heel. This guy's right, uh, so, but we want people to keep watching the show. So uh, there's they're, a they're scene, friends now. They're unlikely allies. <laughs> there's a scene that I, I really would like you to go back and watch sometime because it is so absurd. And it's like, so it's, I think it's the beginning of season two where they're starting to introduce a new bad guy, you know, and it's like this group that this, there's this like, you know, guy in a suit and a bunch of like, a bunch of yuppie dudes. And they're trying to like buy the ranch or something like that for this airport thing. And so the way they introduce these guys is that, um, the, the boys are out ranching. They're out in the middle of nowhere ranching. And all of a sudden they just come across this guy in a suit and just a bunch of yuppies standing in the middle of a field with no car anywhere. in <laughs> It's like, how did they get there? Is the helicopter hovering above? Like, <laughs> no, there's nothing. And it's like, they're just standing there, there. And this guy's That's giving true. a presentation in the middle of Montana, in the middle of nowhere. And there's lots of scenes like that where you're just like, Hey, How'd you get here? <laughs> you know what's funny to me? Like, I love it. The whole thing about this show is right now they're trying to fight against that airport that you mm. that you just mentioned. And the thing is, this whole show, yeah, it's set in Montana, and they're trying to fight all this kind of stuff. Yeah, guess what this TV show is going to do, motherfuckers? <laughs> it's going to be like, hey, we, we want to go on a holiday. I want to see where the Duttons live. Sorry, I'm, I'm sorry I did that. So, uh, you know, you, all right, I'm not then. Fuck you. Uh, so, <laughs> I want to hear more. I like it. You know, so, you I got, uh, you know, Montana's going to, tourism has gone up because of this show. It must have done. Dude, this show's a phenomenon. Late. You were so late. I'm to late the party to the game. on this. Totally. Absolutely. Luke, Luke I, I am holding in my hand an Ohio. Right, which is like five states away, it's thousands of miles away from Montana. I'm holding in my hand a pack of Yellowstone coffee. All right, that's how far the reach of the show is as far as like advertising and branding and shit. Merchandising, merchandising, you know, it's that, it's it's fucking 
you know, uh, space balls, the coffee. It's hilarious. But um, <laughs> before we get off of uh, Yellowstone, I do have to tell you something funny, and that is the the three flavors of the Yellowstone coffee. So it comes in three flavors, and the one I chose mm-hmm. was called Bunkhouse. That seemed like me. Nice. You know, I'm, I'm rough and tumble. Hell yeah. You know, plus maybe might might we need a better racer. You know. So um, then the of and that is the medium roast. All right. Oh, then. And now, now this just just follow me here because this has a, a payoff right. here. So the uh, and there's a dark roast that's called Ranch House. All right. So we got right. two two names that make a lot of sense: Ranch House, Bunk House, and then we got a third roast that you know it's probably called like I don't know barn or something like that, right? Field house mm. something. So no, it's called Caramel Oatmeal Light Roast. So sorry, sorry, it's what called what oatmeal? Caramel caramel. Car- Car- all right, caramel. I'm sorry, your accent there was a bit thick. Car- uh, I, Carl- I, I call caramel. <laughs> you saying caramel just then is like caramel. someone from New Orleans saying neurons, neurons. I'm from the fucking neurons. Oh, hey, we. So we. By the way, shout out to the Louisville football team. Uh, that's a, that's a, that's another one of them words. And if you're yeah. from Louisville, you call it Louisville. Louisville. So Fuck them, like... Louisville. Get out of here. <laughs> it, 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 like people get mad if you mispronounce it in the in the January. But anyway, their football team is like five and zero, oh, and uh, one of our listeners uh, plays in the marching band. So shout out, awesome, nice. It's nice to be connected to. Are we gonna be? Can we afford a Super Bowl? And do you reckon they'll put in a word for us? <laughs> what? <laughs> This is uh, co- college football, so it's uh oh fuck yeah there's no, no Super Bowl but there is a Gator Bowl a Bass Pro Shops Bowl a, a Tostito uh like chips bowl <laughs> all right that one that one I want to be in the corn chip bowl please book me out on that you want to look never as fuck sure yeah why not do you like New Japan Pro Wrestling what's that listen to our podcast. Okay. No. <laughs> change, change the channel. What else is on? But uh, yeah. So um, pretty <laughs> well spent. Uh, you know, one wrestling note. So one of uh people I've gotten to know over the years and local wrestling is this guy named Larry D. Larry D is retiring. I put it in quotes because it's fucking, you know, wrestlers and retiring and all that. But uh, and and I'm going to his show and he's wrestling Moose to retire, which is pretty cool. And it, it happens in a little tiny town. In fact, it happens in the town of Cynthiana, where the guy who wrote um, Walking Dead is born, was born and, and grew up. Yeah. So and he also wrote that Invincible cartoon, whatever it is. So uh, but there's some notable or at least one notable person that will be there. Uh, Alex Zane will be there. So maybe I'll try to talk to him. Maybe he won't. uh, (laughs) He'll actually talk to me this time. But uh, uh, that also Crazy Steve will be there. And, uh, you know, two people that nobody cares about except me that I'm really fired up to see is fucking Brandon Taggart, who rarely wrestles, but the dude is incredible. And real deal, Derek motherfucking neil who is tremendous you would love him so i'm fired up all oh, jimmy hart will be there too and shane douglas shane douglas still wrestles 
No, he he doesn't bump. I've seen him wrestle. He just shows up. He he like beats somebody and then he does the John oh, Hatfield right. special and he, he does the same fucking promo at every show. He'll be like, you know, wrestling used to be better back in the day and now it's not as good. They need to protect the super kick or some or the DDT or something like that. You know, and the crowd's like, yeah, that's what I think because I'm old as fuck and it's the worst. So. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you and I are pretty flawed thinkers with wrestling. Like, you and I are just like, you know, we don't want to be t- – We no, no one – people who watch soap operas for 20 years don't care about what happened in their soap operas 20 years ago. I mean, they do, but, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. These it's, are our uh, stories, but, like, we like the modern <laughs> shit. You and I like being up to date. Like, that's our yeah, shit. You, that's, you yeah. aren't, like – you aren't being like, man, I wish they'd go back to the cameras they used to use back then. Or, you know, they aren't saying stuff like, oh, man, why don't they do the evil twin again? You know, man, I miss that storyline. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like I I get what he's trying to say, but like he says it. I mean, I saw him once like three times in one month and it was the same fucking thing every time. And it's like, brother, I get it. That's your routine. But it is tired as fuck. Also. There, I live in Ohio, right up the road, like all the like a bunch of the famous ECW like pay-per-views were taped. So there is an absolute rabid fan base of ECW guys my age and a little older in this area. And they will fill they will buy a ticket every time there's someone who's just up, you know, I don't tangentially involved with ECW. And as soon as they come out, it's an ECW chant. And it is, it's like, I am the first cousin of the most tangential member (laughs) of ECW who might've appeared in one episode. It's uh, sold out. It's it's like living in the impact zone, you know, because (laughs) impact can't stop doing that. Like every fucking you know, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. Me, me and a noted, uh, wrestling fan, Jamie Coy always talk about that. And we were, we were both predicting that the, the, you know, upcoming impact thousand episode that came out. I'm like, pretty sure there's going to be a bunch of EC dub guys on there. There was, and it was all just the ECW like thing, you know, somehow Tommy dreamer gets booked, you know, <laughs> I, I want to ask you something serious, Mr. Guy. And this serious question is Shane Douglas anyone's favorite ECW wrestler. No, he's the guy who came in. Right? was like the regular guy that was a promo dude because he really, I'm sure he had great matches. I don't know of any. <laughs> so. I heard he had great matches. I haven't seen them. I mean, when I think of ECW, to me. And I've seen a whole I, bunch I, of his matches. I don't, I don't. I mean, like, I don't feel nostalgic for it. You know, I watch it every once in a while on, like, Channel 25 at 11 o'clock at night or something like that because it was the only thing on. But, like, I'm not nostalgic for New Jack. You know, that's interesting. Um, and guys like that, I, I recently on the uh, the Patreon Unsanctioned Pro podcast, I hosted a review episode where we talked about Wrestling Society X. And there was like a bunch of ECW guys on that. And like, you know, as soon as they appear, the crowd's like, ECW, ECW, you know, and it's a kind of a ripoff of ECW a little bit. The intro has like a guy going, oh my God, like that. Uh, <laughs> intro. And okay. It's like, wait a second. So, Hold on um, a but that show, it, it, it's real bad, by the way. <laughs> Don't recommend watching it unless you are. A Can I tell you what got me over any sort of 
ECW nostalgia I ever had. Please. And I didn't get to see it every week or anything like that. In Australia, if you want to see ECW, you had to – it was tapes. And if you could knew some of the tapes, that was great. I didn't. So I what I saw was even more sporadic. But what I saw, I really liked. So it was, I thought it was kind of cool. And I saw – and VHS copies of their pay-per-views turned up here in Australia, even at video stores and stuff. So, like, I ran them out. I liked it. I liked ECW. But what got me over ECW with a nice catharsis, cathartic, that was good. Now wrestling can move on. was One Night Stand. Yeah, the last one there. Like the first ECW, One Night Stand, WWE did in the early mid-noughts. I was just like, yeah, that was a good celebration for ECW. I'm like, all right, I'm good. Let's go. Move on. What what's their first pay per view? It's the one that's like it's 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 in Beyond the Mat, and it's like yeah. it, that's the one where Terry Funk. We were just talking about this where Terry Funk is there, and they're like it's like our first big pay per view, and and Paul Heyman gives this speech, and it's just incredible. It's like he I just want to fucking run through like three walls that Terry Funk is standing near. You know when when he's he's like he's like it's our chance to say fuck you you're wrong fuck you we're right you know and all these guys who've been like breaking their arms and taking all the drugs just to make it to work that day and didn't do the wrestling they're like yeah <laughs> they're all doing dokey ass and they go out there and just fucking crush it that- they're probably wearing a lot less tape than bad dude tito <laughs> but probably need three times as much tape as bad dude Tito. It's true. It's true. Yeah. They, they're all pooping in a bucket backstage and shit. And it's like, you know, that's, that's what it takes to make this gritty reality happen. I mean, that is a dramatic moment in wrestling. It's incredible. It was a long time ago. There's other stuff happening like now, you know, maybe watch some of that, you know, just saying. Yeah. Uh, this- you, as I'm saying, like, I feel like we like the old stuff a lot. We really do. And I feel like we pay respect to it and stuff, sure. But then we're like, what's happening now? <laughs> we, we just make fun of it. That's what we do, so. Which is how we pay respect. So, Yeah, damn straight. But mind you, you son of a bitch, you sold that fucking uh, Tony Onoki and Sawa fucking... <laughs> So on deathmatch as like one of the fucking most insane amazing things you've ever seen mm-hmm. and then i was just like hey charity come check this out apparently this is one of the most insane amazing things there's <laughs> ever been it's an island deathmatch let's watch it nothing but helicopter noises and gr- rolling around in the grass <laughs> for 90 <laughs> minutes you know what what beth like, okay, so who would do better in the Isle of Death match? Would it be Beth or Rip? Because I feel like both of them would just fuck up Enoki An- An- or Masawa. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Rip's like, there's only, if you fight on the island, there's only one person that you can fight. It's me. <laughs> you know that, uh, it just reminded me of like Arrow, the TV show Arrow, like when that started, like, Oh, he was on an island for five years, and he's all the weird, crazy shit he got up to. I reckon Rip would have turned up to that island and just fucking tamed it in, like, fucking five months. 
tops. He'd be riding around on a horse, just like, you know, he's tamed all the animals, has them in a pen, and he's got a whole bunkhouse full of dudes loyal to him that are wearing big R brands because it's ripped. Damn shame. Yeah. It's, man, he's the manliest man of a man. I said it on a on the last episode. Tremendous babyface character, you know what I mean? Like, like in every, it, well, like even when when Rip is murdering people, you're like, this dude is the man. I fucking love Rip. <laughs> like, it's, yes. it's it's so funny, man, because he's like he's one of the only people on the on the show that are always like. There's a lot of incongruity, which is the way a character is portrayed versus the way you view them. Like, for example, Casey is supposed to be that same kind of like mega baby face, but I just see him as a murdering piece of shit. You know, John Dutton, same thing. He's supposed to be this badass like baby face, but it doesn't work. But Rip, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm th- I, it works. I'm, yeah, I see what you mean. I'm on team Rip. Uh, <laughs> who, who would you like to win in a fight between Rip and Rip? Would you rather fight one giant rip or a hundred little tiny rips? One giant rip. I don't. I don't fight it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I figured like a hundred tiny rips would still kind of. I don't know. They, they they'd have a hundred hundred tiny shotguns. <laughs> this would be as annoying as sand. All they throw snake. They throw a hundred tiny snakes at me. <laughs> he threw a snake in a gun. Kill him. <laughs> he he threw a snake at Sawyer from Lost, motherfuckers. Yes. He threw a snake at his throat and okay. the guy died. Dude, that character. He, and what's he got? He's got in a beer cooler too. Oh no, my socks! <laughs> I'm going fishing. No, my socks. Dude, that character is so funny too because like. He shows up, he's just fishing, and Beth is driving by, and she's, like, coming down there in the creek <laughs> with her fucking, like, you know, her, her pumps on, and she, he's like, she's like, what you doing? And there's obvious sexual tension, but clearly they are their adversaries, and they really don't have any scenes together. They're on the phone a lot, really. but they have, like, yeah. two scenes together, and it's in a creek, and that's it. It's like the Wrath of Khan, man. <laughs> Even what, it's it's like... a little different, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 uh, well, it, it, the story is different, but you know, yeah, that Khan and <laughs> Mercado Montalban and Rue Shatner do not share a scene together in that entire movie. It's dude, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Don't get out of here, but uh, yeah, so he just throws a snake at that guy right in the throat. He's gone. He's done. He's dead. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. Where's his body go? Oh, you don't have to worry about it. He got bit by a snake, so just leave him in the creek, and which is on their property, by the way. Yeah, that's not suspicious at all. <laughs> Yet another dead body shows up. <laughs> I cannot wait. Season five has a really stupid main storyline. I mean, it is just like this is dumb as fuck, and uh, and it has all these weird flashbacks and stuff. They like you start to get to season four and five, and they'll start flash flashing back to like promote the other shows but they don't really tie in to anything that's going on <laughs> that's the problem that's so yeah I've, I've actually noticed that we've seen one which was about like a maybe a potential indian burial ground and we've seen another one which didn't really tie into the episode we were watching either so were those flashbacks good yeah 
But, you know, I'm not watching to see what happened fucking 200 years ago. I'm watching to see what Kevin Costner's going to do. Wow. Punch some motherfucker in the mouth. I'm waiting to see if Rip's going to tear someone apart with his bare hands again. When? When he's going to tear someone apart? <laughs> oh, my God. Don't. Oh, my gosh. There's a... They introduced a character like uh, that is kind of like Beth's rival too at one point, and it is like how the show chooses to have this character earn respect in the Dutton family is just mind blowing. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh man! Dude, and, well, and just when just when you thought like the cast couldn't get any better, oh here's Will Patton, and Will Patton is a character actor like. Everyone just Google Will Patton. You know. See his face? You know who the fuck he is. Not only is he fucking good at everything he does, man, he reads Stephen King audiobooks, and I've I've listened to fucking several of them. He is, guess what? Spoiler alert. Fucking amazing. And this whole subplot of him being Jamie's dad is just really cool. I don't know if it's going to last much longer. I don't care. Uh, Will Patton's the man, and any like long, long books for me. Sometimes really dense, super long books. I don't know, it can be hard because my ADHD and stuff. But I like to go for walks, and I like Will Patton's voice, and I fucking adore Stephen King, man. There's a combo for there for you. Go for it. Yeah, that's that's you know he's in a movie that I don't know if I've ever recommended to you. It's a horror movie, so that's appropriate with Halloween being soon, but uh. It's called The Fourth Kind, and it's it's an alien movie, and it has a really wild gimmick that works. And you would be like, how could this gimmick possibly work? And and the gimmick is is that it is part found footage movie and part like um, dramatic reenactment. And it's like how and it, <laughs> so it's part it's, part fan footage, part this is just a tribute. <clears throat> yes, yes, just a tribute to you know Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. By the way, is what they're talking about. But um, in that song. But uh, the fourth kind, <laughs> it's got uh, it, it's got um, I can't remember what her name is. It's the the chick from um, Mia Jovovich. But it's got Will Patton in it, and he's a sheriff, and uh, he's pretty great. It's on Tubi. That's a really wild movie, and I I don't know if it'll hold up, but it's one of those movies that after I got done with it, I started googling to see if it was real. So, <laughs> kind of got me, you know. Did Tubi just make this with AI? What's going on here? Oh no, it's, it's from 2009, so it's pretty old, but it's it's a it's a tremendous movie. Yeah, I highly recommend that one. Have Have you so, seen any good movies lately? Dude, I have. One of them you recommended. I don't know if you did it on the show or not, but you did. If it definitely did it to me via chat, and. All right, so I watched the trailer for this movie, and I thought, all right, I'm going to watch the trailer for this movie, and that's about it. That's this shit. That's it. That'll be that. Those two minutes, I've seen the trailer. It was funny. The end. I watched the trailer for Barbie, and I thought, son of a bitch, I'd watch that. That looks fun. Damn. So, so I did. <laughs> and lo and behold, gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, an eight out of ten. I thought it was really fucking fun. It was a blast. It was like the Barbie's answer to like that 1986 Transformers cartoon movie. If that, if you were a Transformers movie kid in the 80s and you saw that movie, that hit you. 
So I can see uh, people into Barbies at a similar age seeing this movie and being like, yeah, that's our shit. So, yeah. Well, Luke, what kind of audience did you see it with? Like, how did you see it? Uh, I watched it in the comfort of my own home with charity. Okay. I gotcha. So you guys were laughing the whole time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I saw it like, I think it, it was an opening weekend or maybe it was, we all dressed up in pink, me and John and my mom went and saw it. And like, nice. there, there are people all decked out and it, I don't remember the last time I was in a movie theater where I had that, like sh- that actual shared theater experience with everybody where everyone was laughing and having a good time and you wouldn't be out of place to high five a stranger necessarily, you know, like yeah. everybody, everybody loved it and had so much fun. And like, I just feel like that that used to be what going to the movies was kind of like, like I remember waiting in line to see the Lord of the Rings movies and everybody's all fired up. And, you know, remember the star Wars prequels when they came out, yeah. like, I know they weren't that great, but the experience was amazing. Like the fucking, you know, star Wars come, like, comes up whatever. and everybody's clapping. And it's like, this just amazing yeah. shared experience that you only have usually at like midnight movies, like Rocky horror picture shows. So, I hope that this movie continues to be something like that. And maybe it starts to like shift. I don't want, I don't want Hollywood to be successful for Hollywood's sake. I want it to be successful so we can have stuff like that going on. You know, I like that, you know, I know that movie is an absolute shameless cash grab for has for whoever puts out Barbie dolls. I think, I can't remember the company, Mattel, Hasbro, whatever yes. the fuck. Mm-hmm. But if, if that's what shameless cash grabs are going to be, look like. And that's what the, like, I love that 1986 cartoon Transformers movie. And I know it's a gigantic 90 minute toy commercial. That's what this is. Right. But who cares? I, we all paid our money to see it. And you, you're probably not going to buy the dolls. I definitely, I'm definitely not going to buy the dolls, but man, we gave them, we gave them their money. Didn't we? Like it worked. Yeah. That's the 14th highest grossing movie of all time. Is it really? Wow. Yeah, whatever they did worked. Like, my only nitpick maybe would have been, like, maybe I would have chosen someone other than Ryan Gosling, but other than that... You're so wrong about that. Since they chose him, he sold it. But I like Samu Liu, the guy, he's from Shang-Chi and, like, I think Crazy Rich Asians as well. I really like him. He's fantastic. And for me, he stole the show with his dance moves and his just fucking attitude and shit. Oh, my God. He was hilarious. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah, the Barbie's a good time. Two grown men are talking yeah. about it on the podcast for multiple minutes. That's how good what it was is. Your, what was your favorite song? Oh, and, and by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but Dua Lipa's all over that fucking movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. She's... she's... I'm so happy. Dude, not only is Duolipi in that movie, I'm pretty sure there's a Duolingo reference in that movie as well. Probably. So, no, I'm I'm pretty sure there was. So, uh, <laughs> was that another World's movie collide. I watched recently? It was pretty I don't know, man. But I like it more when it's collide like that. Movie was nuts, and I feel like I only knew that was Duolipi because after you were saying Duolipi, I was like, who the fuck is this person <laughs> you're talking about and now i know this hip young pop star Julie, some of I mean, and her songs are all awesome like that they're I'm, pretty I'm good a fan, man and i'm like oh man it makes you want to move like dance music 
it's supposed to have beat that makes you want to move and like there's great dance songs out there that you don't think are dance that's dance music that's what her music is that's what i call it you know i don't know what the kids probably call it you know post uh punk pre-grunge uh you know electric dance uh phenomenon or something like that you gotta have 20 genres nowadays but to me yeah her music is just really good dance music and like I don't know, man. That's like, though, how do you hate on that? And plus, I don't know, just tremendous stuff. The bass player is amazing. I hope she, I hope it's a real person and not just like AI bass, but it's tremendous <laughs> sounding. So, uh, which, by the way, uh, we opened the show with a, a song called uh, what's it called? The the Bride of yeah. Frankenstein, right? Yes, that's and, correct. Uh, now, have you ever thought about this, Luke? So, mm-hmm. the the guitars on that song have a particular sound to them. You, you yeah. like that sound, right? Well, it's grunge, man. Like Melvin's, it's. I mean, I know it's like, I know it's like mid 2010s Melvin's, but it's still grungy Melvin's. So yeah, I like grunge. Okay. Grunge Thanks. rules. I, I hope you're alluding. I hope you're going with a positive vibe here, because if you tell me grunge sucks, I'm we're fighting right well, now. That's yeah. That's that would never come out of my mouth, because like. All right. Cool. You know, some of my favorite, I mean, Soundgarden is one of my favorite oh, bands ever, Alice in Chains, hell yeah. you know, but, but there's like, uh, there's a particular sound that they're using on their guitar called a fuzz pedal. And it's very yeah. popular among grunge and like indie rock guys use it a lot. And there's all kinds of bizarre, like subgenres. Like I told you about this one called shoegaze and that's a real oh, yeah. thing. I've yeah, learned, I've never heard about that until like a year ago and uh there's uh things called doom rock and there's stoner rock and they all use fuzz pedals and so like recently i bought a fuzz pedal because i had never really used one and and kind of figured it out and i it's like this thing in the guitar community like be careful don't buy a fuzz pedal because you won't be able to stop buying fuzz pedals afterwards (laughs) like I, i only have two but man, I'm eyeing like six more <laughs> and it's a real thing. It's like you, you like, it, like the idea is that every single one of them sounds different and like some of them have more and some of them have less, but I want the most fuzz. I want it to sound like there's a hole in the speaker, you know, <laughs> it's amazing. I found it's like, it's like ways to make your guitar sound terrible to the average person, but like, it sounds so cool to me and you, cause we grew up around grunge and stuff like that but i don't know i just had to throw that in there that uh you know fuzz pedals rule and we had the song with a fucking sweet as fuzz pedal sound at the beginning and uh i don't know i like i like that style of music and that that sound of guitar. oh man i'm glad you like that uh i don't i feel like melvin's was a band that could be could have churned out like really Tons of palatable songs that like people love and all that kind of stuff, but I feel like they're also the band that that are just like, hey, you should do this, and the band's like, fuck you, we're doing the opposite, so uh, you know, yes. we're gonna do this sort of kind of weird shit. So I kind of respect that, and I kind of like their weird shit. And I, dude, that song, all right, it starts off. What was that shit you sold me? I guess you should have told me. But uh, the second verse has my, my one of my favorite lines, and it was like. Want to know my opinions? I don't respect the thoughts of minions. And I'm just like, oh, my God, fuck. Nobel Prize of Literature right there. And the lead, the singer of that song is Pincus, 
and Pincus was the bass player of the Butthole Surface. So uh, nice, yeah. A, I mean, another grunge connection there. So they were makes they were all friends, sense. man. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think the Melvins were a little early as well. Like that. That's the yeah. thing. Like there's like Butthole Surfers. They did get a hit, but there's like a bunch of those like bands. The timing uh, was off by a year or yes, two. Yeah. Yes. And you know who one of those bands is? That's unbelievable. And and it's like crazy because they did finally come back later. Is um Smashing Pumpkins. Their first yeah. album it, it Gish came out like the day before Nevermind came out. So <laughs> it's like fuck you. Yeah, but then. Of course, they had Siamese Dream, which is one of the best grunge albums ever. And by the way, utilizes so much fuzz. There's like, like he made fuzz, like he was kind of the guy, Billy uh, Corgan was the guy that kind of made like fuzz the staple for grunge music in a lot of ways. And uh, he is known for just using uh, the op amp uh, big muff fuzz, which, by the way, that's another thing is that fuzz pedals have hilarious names. There's one called the uh, the uh, what's it called the the furry pickle. There's one, <laughs> well, there, the, but the most famous one's called the big muff. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm so I'm so happy into heavy heavy kind of grungy fuzzy stuff. Now can I if I could suggest to you something really kind of I'm going to sound pretentious, but I don't care because. Sometimes I like to sound pretentious because I, I never really do. But the fucking man, you got to hear this fucking Malvin's album, right? It's the album before they really hit it big and helped like Kurt Cobain do all his stuff. So, like, it's the album before they did all of their medium success. Ah, oh, of course. And I can't remember the fucking name of it off the top of my head. And I'm going to tell you in a fucking very brief second, Mr. Guy, in a riveting bit of audio. The album is called Bullhead. Dang, okay. straight Bullhead. Boom. You want something a little bit grungy and dirty and weird with a lot of fuzzy stuff? Bullhead by the Melvins. Thank you. Yes. Okay. I'll check that out. I I uh I do like the these are these I mean if we really want to get like technical, these are like pre-grunge bands, you know, like like Yeah pavement you know and and there's a, like there's a, <laughs> you know there's a bunch of bands like that that are kind of like pre-grunge and uh you know or just go along with it you know there's a lot of really great bands that aren't because that alternative genre you know i remember that man you go to the record store and there's an alternative my favorite section. genre my Ooh. favorite my favorite part to kind of like i every time i went to a, a like a yeah music store i knew that if I went to all these different genre sections, I knew what to expect. But if I went to the alternative section, that's where all the weird, interesting, like, what the fuck is this shit is? Like, and that's where I wanted to go. I mean, and there was stuff in that section, like the Black Crows, which is just blues rock. Yeah. And there was stuff in there like Primus, you know, or R.E.M., <laughs> you know, and it like, yeah. it's like, there's so many. And uh, I think that, that's a real that was such a fun time to be alive because there was no kind of like label on what a pop song is supposed to be now we're also in that moment right now as far as like if you listen to the top like songs on spotify or whatever you'll be like i don't know what genre this song is <laughs> and it's like but I, I i you know i hate to be the old man or whatever but i just feel like that 
you know, at least there was like instruments, you know, back in our day. I'm not sure what's going on today, but uh, I don't like what I hear a lot of times unless it's like the poppiest shit. Like if I, I don't know any Taylor Swift songs, but I feel like if I've heard some of them, I'm like, okay, that's at least a song. You know what I mean? And uh, some like of the I've stuff I hear is them. not. Yeah. Like you got to think like every shop you go to, every supermarket you go to, if they're playing music, by osmosis, both of us have heard at least two albums worth of Taylor Swift songs, Probably. whether we realize it or not, because she's just like fucking that huge. I, I think uh, that uh, I kind of respect the songs. Yeah, Dua Lipa is definitely more my style. I, I recently realized that Taylor Swift didn't win American Idol. I thought that's how she got famous. <laughs> it's like, oh, I thought she, she was American a country Idol. singer. No, Probably she's just a bit. Yeah. <laughs> where, where is she from? Montana? Oh, I, I mean, does she start the day the Dutton way? I don't know. You, know, uh, you got to think so. Look at that success. But uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, music. Today, Some people I went just... to the train station to make Taylor Swift that rich. Like, that's all oh, I'm saying. Like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> there's another TV show I got to tell you about real quick. And it's just fucking yeah. wild, dude. It's the show. It's on Netflix and it's called Wrestlers. And it's like a documentary series about Ohio Valley Wrestling. Right. Which is a place that I've never been to. Like it's it's. One of those like wrestling promotions that most people always tell us, ah, it's just not very good. And and they're not wrong, meaning the wrestling's usually just okay or bad. And um, but <laughs> the show is incredible. I think everyone I've talked to that's watched it, even if they know like have an inside track to it, or they just watch it, they find it compelling. And it's it's basically Al Snow is like the you know the booker, and there's this like jerky owner guy that has an amazing arc throughout the series. And then there's these two women that are kind of the stars of the show. There's a woman named Amazing Maria and her daughter, Haley Hood, uh, Haley J. And um, or Holly Hood, Haley J. Excuse me. I always fuck her name up. And I've known I've known Maria a long time, like a long time. It's just it's so wild. She's the star of this fucking Netflix show. And they just nail her. She's like this motherly, she's like a matriarch of, uh, like, here's an example of something she did one time that she was texting me. She's like, hey, I'm an IWA and Marco Stunt broke his arm. <laughs> she sends me a picture of Marco Stunt's like elbow broken. And I'm like, oh my God. And she's telling me this. And she's, she just kind of like goes to the hospital and stays with him until someone else can show up. And she took him to the hospital. And that's just kind of what she does. But she's also a wrestler and she's awesome. And uh, and she likes to fight. That's kind of her gimmick. But her daughter is outrageous. <laughs> and she's living the gimmick. And she is tremendous, a tremendous promo. And the whole like half the show is just her cutting promos on camera, on life, on wrestlers. It's it is. It, there's a famous venue that is called the arena. And it's like this like old boxing gym. And we've seen a hundred shows there. I mean, probably more it's in Indiana, right across the river from Ohio Valley wrestling in, in Louisville. That's where it's at. <laughs> and and, and they, they have a scene 
where this guy that we've seen wrestle for years, the fucking Reverend Ronnie Roberts, the triple R superstar. <laughs> <It was> just, <laughs> dude, Reverend Ronnie Roberts is one of the best characters in wrestling. He is a like a Southern preacher character that's a heel. And so he, he like hits people with a Bible and shit. He like has a loaded Bible. <laughs> he passes around the, you know, the uh the fucking collection. You know how in like like uh in movies like someone might open a Bible and it's like a hole cut out or something like that? Maybe he <laughs> yes. put like an anvil in there or some shit yes. and just boom. He has a loaded Bible. Um yeah. the dude's a tremendous well, he's he's training Hollywood uh you know Haley J in in the arena and it's all lit nice and the arena looks amazing and I'm like I know better than this shit all but it's just it's incredible one of my favorite people I've met in wrestling in fact someone that was you know very good friends with referee Sean referee Sean makes an appearance in the show by the way he's he's kind of in the background because he works at the same yes. hotel that uh that Maria it works at so he's kind of in the background it was filmed a couple of years ago before the pandemic and so yeah she uh it, it i don't even remember what i was gonna say there's just all kinds of amazing things i highly recommend it and if you're a wrestling fan you'll find it compelling if you know oh yeah referee aaron so referee aaron is friends with uh sean he's in it and he is like if you picture referee in your head, that's, that was the best way. Like some, some fan came up to me one day and was talking to me and him. And he said, you know, when I picture referee in the, in my head, I picture like someone that looks like you, he's like the perfect ref body. He looks just, and he's <laughs> awesome. He's such a good ref. And, uh, I've son, saw him from the very beginning, you know, and we've been friends a long time and he's involved in a storyline where he's getting like screwed over by a hot chick that's like interested in him and and they, they go over the whole storyline and show it all. It's so cool, man. Referee Aaron on my TV on Netflix. So it's just a fascinating show and uh, you can hear my voice, how fired up I am about it. It was, uh, I'm going to watch it again soon. Cause it was just so incredible, but man, like I listen, they portray some of these people as terrible people and some of them are, and, uh, you know, there's a couple of people come off really bad and I don't think they have any clue that they're coming off. <laughs> and it's really funny, but there's, a, there's some people that like come off bad at first and then you kind of go the other way and vice versa. It's a really cool show. Oh, that was good. So. Fuck yeah. I had no idea it existed. I haven't had Netflix yeah. for a while. Uh, it took us, it took Charity and I a while to realize that, Hey, we don't need all of these all at the same time. We can kind of be like. Like, oh yeah, this is out. Yeah, so uh, we probably weren't gonna get like Netflix again till like Wednesday, season two came out or some shit. But oh yeah, good call. Yeah. Oh man, that's gotta happen, right? Like, oh. I feel like that that actress is a star now. Like, she's huge or something. Well, at least she was in like a really awesome horror movie I watched in the yeah. same year. So yeah. So so where is she then? Yeah. That's a problem. It's like these. Oh, people she was just, in Scream Six as well. She was in the new. Yeah, Scream which well. came out around the same time. So like, there's all this. Uh, maybe earlier. I I just feel like that people get super famous off these streaming shows and then we never see them again. <laughs> oh like, man, that's a shame because she, she's a great Wednesday. Don't tell like me that, man. Signed, it's like getting signed by AEW. You know. Dude, the peripheral oh. got canceled, man. Don't they don't get me started. Mm. I fucking like that. I really, oh man. 1899 got canceled. That was disappointing too, but wow. here we are, man. Um, so, uh, 
I guess there was some a really serious subject I wanted to broach with the fans, but no one is going to be listening this deep into this. You know, we'll have to talk about it on the next thing, but uh, we've been we've been kind of discussing how to maybe come up with a different way to communicate with fans, listeners, whatever, during shows. Because like Twitter's mm-hmm. dying and people are leaving it and it's like people we love and we don't want to not be able to talk to them during shows. And so we've been kind of like bouncing around some ideas. So if you have any ideas out there that you want to throw at us, you know, email us. <laughs> yeah. Everybody emails uh, us. I'm starting to feel like we, we might not miss a beat just like just going to threads and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know anyone yeah. that's on threads, but I, I, I made a, an account for the show. Maybe you, I, I should. I mean, but there's blue sky. There's, you know, there's also the option of a discord, which is like a private group chat, or we could make like a Facebook group or we could make a Facebook private chat. I'd be cool with a Facebook private chat or something like that, you know, but yes, I mean, you know, uh, but we'll see. I, I don't know. That's just something that we're trying to bounce around and get ahead of. And, you know, this is definitely the, the appropriate time to bring it up. So. Absolutely. While we're uh, off our faces, that's absolutely the best time. No sarcasm involved there at all. And (laughs) (laughs) no, man, I I agree with you. So like anyone this deep into the show, hey, uh, answer that question. Also, if you're this deep in the show, here's a little bonus for you because I'm going to read out the names of four New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers. And Andy will tell me which name of the four he would prefer to hear the diary entry for that Jay sent us. Oh, yeah, everyone. We don't just save those for the episodes that we think people will listen to. Yeah, you're missing nuggets on these Never Realms, motherfuckers. Yeah. Fucking wrestler diary. Not not stank nuggets either. Pieces of no, shit. No, the good nuggets, the best chicken McNuggets you can think of. Mm-hmm. And the four wrestlers I'm going to give you the names of, Mister Guy, are Kanemaru, Taichi, Taichi, Master Wato, Tanahashi, Taichi. Yeah. That's uh, all, yeah. all I see. It's all I. Yeah. Hear. Yeah. All right, just let me click on the right thing. There it is. Here we are, everyone. It is episode 159. You know how some wrestlers, I'll be like, wow, you've written that many? What the fuck? Fuck you. Why? So no one cares that much. I see 159 of Tai Chi's, and I'm just like, wow, really? Is that all? I feel like I'd read 10 trillion of these motherfuckers. You know what I want? I want VH1 behind the music, Tai Chi. You know, I would love hook Tai Chi's brain up to like, I don't know, some kind of Microsoft Word AI and just transcribe it to my life. I'll read it every day. All right, so here we go. Shut up. The machines are taking over, and you know it. <laughs> this is episode one. I know, man. Murder Pretty Machine often. is taken over, you know? That's right. He's the uh, king of wrestling champion. Oh, no. But here we are. Here we are. Episode 159, Spared No Expenses. So, yeah, and this looks like this is an interview. So why don't I be the interviewer and you can be Tai Chi, Luke? All right? Oh, are you sure? I yeah. could be the interviewer and you 
You show it. Uh, um, you want I me? Be, All right. Yeah, I think it'd right. be funnier if you were Tai Chi. So, um, yeah, this is September sixteenth, twenty twenty three. Okamoto. That's going to be me. So I will start this out. No, you can't start it. I will. So um, <laughs> here, here it comes. It's uh, goes a little something like this. This tour sees you facing off against the House of Torture. How are you feeling going into your kapow match? Well, it's a bit. Yes, yes, yes. He's making all these rules to benefit himself, but I really don't care either way. It's fine. Whatever. If this is the way he's going to act, what can I do? I'll accept anything he says. I'm a kind of guy. You can watch us present each other with the rules here. And then uh, I'm helpful enough to uh, send you guys links to... uh, where you can find out about this, right? Wow. Tai Chi, tai Chi can embed links in his words. That's incredible. That's a very it's... high skill for a YouTube star. So uh, anyway. Maybe maybe, maybe that's the power Elon Musk thought he had when he named his kid fucking like E equals MC squared or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> All right. Next question, Tai Chi. Yeah, he was only making rules that would serve in his best interests. It's a great thing that I at least can put aside my pride and stubbornness. Well, I'll give him credit for actually coming onto my stream and coming up with his own rules. If that's what you want to do, I'll beat you at your own game. But if you <laughs> but if you lose to a scumbag like him, I'll have to think about whether or not I want to keep wrestling or not. It's not good to think about losing before you do it, but there really is that much of a gap between the two of you in many ways. This tour is taking place in parallel with the September Sumo Tournament. On the 13th, I was invited by Waka Motoharu to the uh, Korokin that one, to watch the Sumo. It's the one that fucking, it's got to be the fucking one that Kojima watched. Mr. Brett And he he couldn't concentrate on it because he thought he saw fucking Taiji and Sonata in the crowd. (laughs) Man, I hope that's the one. Oh, my God, it says in the bottom. All right, I, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry. On the 13th, I was invited by Waka to the thing to watch the sumo, and Waka Motoharu won, which is quite inspiring for me. On the 24th, Kobe Day is the final day of Sumo Basho. I'm going to make the most of every single day that we can both end the tournament with a good result. Thank you, Okamoto, for your write-up, too. In brackets, NGPW, Sonata and Taichi's strange aura on the sumo broadcast. Even Satoshi Kojima was confused. I can't get the winners and losers out of my head. So <laughs> I liked that New Japan in brackets was just like, hey, by the way, yeah, this was the exact same event as I was just saying, as I was reading this out. I'm like, oh, my God, was Kojima watching this one too? Yeah, he was. Oh, my God. This diary fed into shit we were talking about weeks ago. Oh my god, this was really cool. Taichi, you're a holy emperor for life. There's a there's a couple of photos here with Taichi and Sonata posing with like sumo Pac-Man. Sumo duck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then and then you've got uh, Taichi and Sonata. They're cracking a few drinks there. Taichi's got a beer. Sonata's got some red wine up going over there. Oh, yeah, there's more. Anyone, go. Next question. No, no. 
the two of you were live on the sumo broadcast all the time and the internet was buzzing even kojima i'm glad the fans are happy in the meantime please write another good article about us even if it's after the kobe show of course please make sure you win and defend your belt against show yeah of course I'll finish the match with this piece of shit quickly and go out for a drink. I also have to celebrate Uncle Nobu's recovery after this title match. I'll... Taichi-san? <laughs> yeah. So obviously that was written before yeah. the turn with Taichi. Uh, that's a absolutely delightful, wonderful Taichi diary entry. We've, we've read a few of his now. He might not be as... I don't know, we like him and his diaries are good, but the diary entries of the wrestlers we like tend to be from wrestlers we think suck balls. Yeah. So Tai Chi bucks the trend and uh, gives us diary entries of a, of a guy we actually like so and doesn't want to piss his pants. Does that mean that you're, you're admitting that Yoshihashi sucks balls at wrestling? Dude, mm-hmm. I, I... Dude, I have to admit, like, if I was a wrestler, man, I'd probably be as good as Yoshihashi. And the fact that he's fallen upwards into New Japan and achieved what he has, I find that inspiring. Like, fuck you. I Get out of here. I like Yoshihashi, and I always will. So there it is. Okay. Well, then why'd you just say sucks balls? Just saying. So. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> Sometimes there were good balls that tasted nice. I don't All know. right. All right. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, well, that that was a never run 25, you know, uh, so programming note, we probably should set this at the top. We, we have not watched Royal Quest and we will be back uh, with, you know, full Royal Quest coverage later on uh, this week. Uh, and that right. will actually talk about wrestling. So sorry we lied. Actually, I'm not. Yeah. Who's the guy? Yeah, that's me. Unless there is. Uh... Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, in in Gato we trust. Yeah, let's do that. I'm gonna finish my crackling crotch story that I started there at the okay. very very beginning of us talking.